The minute I hung up with Scarlett, I called my mother. She was a therapist and expert on adolescent behavior. But even with her two books, dozens of seminars, and appearances on local talk shows advising parents on how to handle the difficult years, my mother hadn't quite found the solution for dealing with me. It was 1.15 a.m. when I called. Hello? Strangely, my mother sounded wide awake. It was all part of that professional manner she cultivated. I'm capable. I'm strong. I'm awake. Mom? Haley? What's wrong? There was some mumbling in the background, my father rousing himself. It's Michael Sherwood, Mom. Who? He's dead. Who's dead? More mumbling, this time louder. My father saying, Who's dead? Who? Michael Sherwood, I said. My friend. Oh, goodness, she sighed, and I heard her telling my father to go back to sleep, her hand cupping the receiver. Honey, I know. It's horrible. It's awfully late. Where are you calling from? The camp office, I said. I need you to come get me. Get you, she said. She sounded surprised. You've still got another week, Haley. I know, but I want to come home. Honey, you're tired. It's late. And now she was lapsing into her therapist voice, a change I could recognize after all these years. Why don't you call me back tomorrow when you've had a chance to calm down? You don't want to leave camp early. Mom, he's dead, I said again. Each time I said the word, Ruth, the camp director who was still standing beside me, put on her soothing face. I know, sweetie. It's awful. But coming home isn't going to change that. It will just disrupt your summer, and there's no point. I want to come home, I said, talking over her. I need to come home. Scarlet called to tell me she needs me. My throat was swelling up now, hurting with its ache. She didn't understand. She never understood. Scarlet has her mother, Haley. She'll be fine. Honey, it's so late. Are you with someone? Is your counselor there? I took a deep breath, and all I could see in my mind was Michael, a boy I hardly knew, whose death now seemed to mean everything. I thought of Scarlet in her bright kitchen waiting for me. This was crucial. Please, I whispered over the line, hiding my face from Ruth, not wanting this strange woman to feel any sorrier for me. Please come get me. Haley. She sounded tired now, almost irritated. Go to sleep and I'll call you tomorrow. We can discuss it then. Say you'll come, I said, not wanting her to hang up. Just say you'll come. He was our friend, Mom. She was quiet then, and I could picture her sitting in bed next to the sleeping form of my father, probably in her blue nightgown, the light from Scarlet's kitchen visible from the window over her shoulder. Oh, Haley, she said as if I always caused these kinds of problems, as if my friends died every day. All right, I'll come. You will? I just said I would, she told me, and I knew this would strain us even further, a battle hard won. Let me talk to your counselor. Okay, I looked over at Ruth, who was close to dozing off. Mom? Yes? Thanks. Silence. I would pay for this one for a while, I could tell. 
It's all right. Let me talk to her. So I handed the phone over to Ruth, then stood outside the door listening as she reassured my mother that it was fine I'd be packed and ready, and what a shame, how awful, so young. Then I went back to my cabin, creeping onto my cot in the dark, and closed my eyes. I couldn't sleep for a long time. I thought only of Michael Sherwood's face, the one I'd cast sideways glances at through middle school, the one Scarlet and I had studied in yearbook after yearbook, and later, the one in the picture that was tucked in the mirror in her bedroom of Scarlet and Michael at the lake just weeks earlier, water glittering behind them. The way her head rested on his shoulder, his hand on her knee. The way he looked at her and not at the camera when I pushed the red button, the flash lighting them up in front of me.